When it comes to investing, what is the number one most important factor that determines success by a long shot? I'll answer that question for you today. Let's go. Welcome back to ADHD Money Talk, the show that helps dynamic but distracted ADHD brains take back control over their money in order to stress less, live a more enriching life, and open up new and amazing and amazing and awesome, and I said amazing twice, possibilities. And I am your humble and very ADHD host, Dave DeWitt. If you've been enjoying the show, I'd be super honored if you'd subscribe to it, leave a review on Apple, and leave five stars on Spotify because it means a lot to me. And please, by all means, visit ADHDMoneyTalk.com or go to Instagram and please send me a direct message. Leave me a question on the contact form on the website. Please reach out to me. I love hearing from you. If you've noticed, there hasn't been as many listener questions, and that's because for whatever reason, maybe the show's getting a little bit more mature now. We're only 15 episodes in, but you guys are bored of me already. So if that's the case, just let me know you're bored and tell me what you want me to talk about. But please leave a question so I can continue to do listener questions. So Today, what are we talking about? We are going to continue our investing conversation. And today, we are talking about one of my favorite aspects of investing. We are talking about behavioral finance, the psychology of investing. At the start of the show, I asked what the number one factor that determines success is in investing. And the answer is, it's us. It's us humans, us fallible beings, us creatures, us emotional and irrational things that walk around this earth. And it's our really our emotions and those irrational impulsive decisions that hurt investment results more than anything else really ever that ever existed in this world. It's us. We do the damage to our investing. We think we're smart. We're really not. And like when you have this nutty neurodevelopmental disorder called ADHD, we're a little bit more impulsive. We're a little bit more on a hunt for excitement and stimulation. So we are actually more prone to make mistakes investing if we are not doing it from a place of the proper education and foundation and really understanding the principles of investing, which is part of what we talked about last week. But this is really, really the most important thing. With ADHD, it's quite difficult to think about our long-term futures, let alone like two weeks from now. So that makes investing with patience for the long haul more difficult, especially if we start watching our investments too much. We really aren't the best at accepting, tolerating, enjoying, and being patient with delayed reward. Delayed gratification is not our strong suit. And that makes investing hard because investing is all about delayed gratification. It's also about the intangible sort of peace of mind, security, and having really the ability to just be able to have more flexibility and freedom in your life is really the best part about investing. But it's hard when you see this pile of money sitting on the sidelines doing going up, hopefully over the long term, for this arbitrary distant future. We don't really know when it's for. So the general theme I've been getting used to and that I've been hearing from other ADHDers in the community and that I've actually discovered from observing and reflecting upon my own past is that it's really hard to sit and be comfortable for an extended period of time having that pile of money sitting in an investment account that might for a couple of years do nothing or maybe even goes down or maybe it goes down a lot before it recovers. And then at least part of the reason this is so hard, I think, is that in the back of our, you know, constantly dopamine searching minds, we know that this money, while it's going down, we're thinking about all the other things we could do with it that would make us more excited and feeling good now. And it's very hard to stay patient. Like how the heck long am I supposed to wait? And so like we've discussed before, 
it does help to remember and it's so hard to remember, but to have it written down, to have your investments tied to a goal, make sure you see that goal. And that's so important because investing is buying you stability. It is buying you freedom and peace of mind. It just isn't as tangible or exciting in any given moment. But when you trade that freedom for a new car or a new three-month-long money pit hobby hyperfixation, you will ultimately feel it. It will ultimately feel bad and it will hurt. And that's what I have to say to you. And so having an external reminder, like I said, about why you are investing is so important. Something as simple as a note on your fridge, like we've talked about, can help at least remind you here and there about why. So I want you to be able to live today, but just not totally forget tomorrow. Make tomorrow be taken care of with automatic investing, saving, and concrete goals and purpose assigned to every single dollar that you have. Then there's also a whole bunch of you out there I've been talking to who just haven't even tried investing yet or haven't started investing yet, and you're looking to learn and want to get started, but feel overwhelmed by all the information out there. But you know you want to get started, but want to be set up for success and armed with the right kind of information that helps you cut through the noise. So today I'm going to talk about the psychology of investing and real investing for the long haul to create sustainable wealth to help you keep the money you make, to help you achieve financial independence and have total financial freedom in your life because that is going to help you feel a lot better and have a more enriching life. So this episode is going to be important for everybody, but I definitely believe ADHD makes investing a lot harder, especially on the behavioral side when you just don't have the right education or mindset or even accountability with it. So I think this is a really important topic. So why don't we talk about some investing psychology? Have you ever seen the stock market emotional roller coaster chart? Well, basically, this is how it goes. You buy stocks and they go up for two years. Woohoo! This is the positive phase of the chart. And you are feeling so good, so you buy more stocks. This is the confidence phase. They go up another year. You're on top of the world, so you double up. This is the overconfidence phase. One month later, the market starts going down fast. You are a little jolted, but you are okay. It's the surprise phase. So you buy some more thinking, the stocks will go right back up. Then they go down more. Now you are worried. This is the nervous phase. But you know you are supposed to hold on. You know it. That's what you've been told. That's what you've read. So you do. You hold on. Then they go down more and even faster. In fact, now the market is at the same level it was at the time when you first started buying. And because you bought so much near the top during the overconfidence phase, you're actually down overall on your investment account. Now you are panicking, and this is the panic phase. One month later, the market goes down another large chunk. Welcome to the defeated phase. You sell it all for a big loss. Five years later, the market is 20% above the level it was at its highest over your original overconfidence phase. And you decide the market's been doing really well. It's time to get back in. So, What do you think is more important for the long-term results of this investor's performance? The actual selection of the investments that he was buying and the tax treatment of the account or his actual behavior? Well, it's pretty obvious now, right? If you said behavior, correct, because this person missed out on a fortune by letting his emotion call the shots. 
So research companies have done many studies about how the average investor, meaning you and me, performs compared to the stock market at large. And every single time, the average investor does significantly worse than the market. Since 1988, the stock market's average return has been 10% per year. But stock fund investors, the average investor, have earned only 4.1% per year, according to Dalbar's quantitative analysis of investor behavior studies. So say what? Missing out on 60% of the average gain? Let's be totally clear right now. This is extreme money left on the table. But it really is hard to blame the average investor because money is so emotional and that roller coaster can be incredibly hard to ride out on. But let's do some math anyways. 1988 is 36 years ago. Let me pull out the handy dandy financial calculator and let let me show you how much money is left on the table. So let's assume investor A initially invested $10,000 in 1988 and he believed he was the best market timer ever. And so he bought the S&P 500 index fund and decided he was going to actively buy and sell it. He also was going to contribute an additional $2,000 each and every year. Well, his active trading led to a 4.1 average return over those 36 years. Let's see what he has at the end. It's 2022 and he has $200,000 about. Well, hell, it's better than having no return. But how about investor B? He did everything the exact same, except he bought that index fund and did nothing. He just let it ride while he went about his life. And he also added that additional $2,000 each year. He earned the market average of 10% per year. What is his account worth? Over $900,000, over four times more than what investor A has. And investor A was stuck behind the computer screen the entire time stressing about the market. Oh, wait, here comes investor C. Investor C in 1988 was gifted $6,500 from his grandfather, and he decided to invest it in the market. He completely forgot about it. So since 1988, he had $6,500 invested, and he just did nothing. Well, now it's 2022, and investor C is talking to a financial advisor. And Investor C was looking through his investments and found the account that he had forgotten about. And guess what? His account has $200,000 in it, the same amount that stressed out investor A had after investing $10,000 and investing $2,000 per year. So what's the moral of this story? One of the most effective investment strategies ever invented is to set it and forget it. The do nothing method. And trust me, it's hard. It's not easy to do nothing. So let's talk about some of the most common investing biases and traps, and also some really interesting statistics that I hope will change how you think about investing. And one person you can ask is goalkeepers in soccer, because statistics show that the best penalty kick strategy for soccer goalies is to do nothing, to stay in the middle, but they jump left or right 94% of the time. This is called action bias. When everyone else is running around, it is best to just do nothing. We humans have a tendency to want to act. Another investing bias that hurts returns is herd mentality. We humans love, love to feel accepted and be part of the group. And a lot of times that comes in the form of doing what everyone else is doing in the investing world. And that is called following the herd. Like remember all the GameStop and meme stock mania of 2020? That was herd behavior to a T. The only people that ever really did well during this, well, they were the people that were leading the herd that started the stampede and they are the people 
the only people who know the best time to get out, which is usually the time when your grandma starts asking about how to get in on the action. These are the people that want to create the FOMO so they can capitalize on it. So how about overconfidence? Back when I thought that I was a skilled stock trader, I had a year where I had a few really big wins and that reinforced to myself that maybe I was a stock trading savant, but I was not. I was lucky. I was victim to my own overconfidence bias. Did you know that 75% of all Americans think they are above average at driving? That's great and all, but mathematically, only 50% of Americans can actually be above average because that is the definition of above average. And by the way, we ADHDers are four times more likely to get into a car accident, according to a 1993 study. So not many of us are going to be in the above average category of driving, but I'm not going to lie to you. I honestly do feel like I am a good driver. I am overconfident in my driving abilities, but my fiance thinks I'm a maniac on the road. So anyways, I digress. Oh, and guess what? It is human behavior to be overconfident. And in investing, it is literally so common. It's all over the place. If you go to any single stock trading like message board, you're going to see people that think they know exactly what stock is going to do the best. And they just don't. They just simply don't. And I've come to realize that. And people that get into investing, I think the vast majority of them come to that realization at one point or another. So when you are investing, understand that you are not special. Be realistic about your abilities and trust the power of the market over the long term and let the market at large do the heavy lifting for you. The market will always be smarter than you. Just accept it. You just have to get used to that. I know I got used to it. Okay, so now there's recency bias. This is thinking what happened recently will keep happening indefinitely. So this is like when you look at the chart of the market over the last 12 years and you see it's gone up. So you think it will keep going up. That's not how it works. Over the history of the market, there's one thing that's never failed to happen. And that is that the market has gone through cycles. There is a recession or a depression, which is when the total output of the economy shrinks for about six months or more. And then, and by the way, the total output of the economy is called GDP, if you're wondering. But anyways, then there is the recovery phase. Then there is the peak. Then it repeats over and over and over again. Sometimes the recovery which turns into this big bull market, lasts a really long time, like it has this time since the Great Recession of 2008. Apart from the very short-lived recession of COVID, we are still in this long-winded bull market. So there will be another recession. There just will be. There always will be. So when investing, always stay calm and realistic. Don't ever project the recent action of the market indefinitely into the future. And when we are in a recession and the market has been crushed, Don't think it will last forever either. It will not. When the market is crushed, what you want to think is the market is on sale. If you liked one stock at 100 bucks, then you should love it at 50. But people love to love it at 100 because it's been going up recently and then love to hate it at 50 because it was going down recently. Okay, greed, envy, fear of missing out. Comparing your investing results to others can also create emotions and lead to bad decisions. Did you know that bronze medal winners are happier than silver medalist winners? If you get stuck comparing yourself or thinking about what could have been, you are setting yourself up for torment. Coming in third place is perfectly okay if third place is what you need to achieve your goals. Envy also shows up in investors who invest in diversified portfolios. When you invest in a diversified portfolio, a lot of times your results are so boring in the short term that it makes you feel like you're behind. No one likes to lose money. So anytime your account is down, 
you don't feel happy, even though your account may be down way less than the person who is not in a diversified portfolio. Then when the market has a great period, your account is up, but it's not up as much as the guy that doesn't have diversification. So when you compare, you think you aren't doing as well, but he started going up from a much lower point than you. So you're actually at the same place or maybe even higher. So boring is good. Boring is better. Losing less helps you make more, but even boring can create emotions that lead to bad decisions. Alrighty, we've got a couple more concepts to talk about, but first, here's a word from our very amazing sponsor, me. Hey, do you want help budgeting, saving, investing? Do you need help with basic things that you just can't seem to figure out for yourself? Listen, you're not alone. I've been there, but I've done this stuff for myself and I've successfully been budgeting, saving, and investing for myself. And plus, I'm literally a financial advisor. I'm a financial planner. I do this for clients. I've been doing it for six years and I'm ready to help you if you want help. So if you're ready and you're committed to improving your relationship with money and having an actual financial plan, a literal roadmap, and then a guide who will help you each step of the way to helping you create the life that you want and to have money work for you and not against you, you want a planner and a coach who meets you where you are on your journey and who understands the ADHD struggle and who will never make you feel shame or guilt about anything you've ever done because for everything you've done that stupid, I'll tell you what I've done stupid. If this sounds like something that you'd be interested in, then hey, why don't you head on over to dewittcm.com ADHD and book a discovery call with me. If you're a high earning and successful ADHDer who just seems to find a way to let money escape them, then I am a perfect fit to help you out. So dewittcm.com slash ADHD. Let's see if we can take control of your money together and can't wait to talk to you. All righty, let's get back to the show. All right, thank you for letting me sneak in that little self promo there because at the end of the day, I do need to put food on the table. So, you know, I do want to let you guys know that I do have a service that is available to you. Okay, so let's get back to this and let's talk about a couple more concepts. So it's the beginning of 2002 and you invest $100,000 into the S&P 500. You stay invested all the way to the end of 2021. Your $100,000 is now $600,000. Great job. You stuck it out. Now, your best friend also invested $100,000 in the S&P 500 when you did in 2002. However, your best friend really, really stinks at timing the market, even though they think they're amazing. Over the 20 years, she was not invested in the market for only 25 days. She was completely out of the market for 25 days. And those 25 days just happened to be the best 25 days of performance of the market over that time. So if you had the best one-day gain of the market, the top 25 best one-day gain of the market, she was not in the market for those. She missed those days. So what did her account end up with having missed only 25 days over that long time, over 20 years? Her account is only worth $134,000. She is only up $34,000 on her initial investment from missing 25 days. You are up 516,000 days on your initial investment. And that's the power of doing nothing in an extreme sense. Of course, that's not actually going to happen unless, I don't know, that would be crazy if that actually happened. And I, I bet it didn't even ever happen to anyone, but still. But even if your friend only missed the best five days, Only five days she missed. 
that her account would be worth $389,000, still way lower than your $616,000. So you can see how just a few bad decisions can result in huge differences. And you can imagine how even if you didn't miss the five best days, but you just missed five pretty good days, you could still have thousands of dollars difference. And so the point is not making a mistake in investing is on paper the easiest possible thing for anyone to do. You do nothing. How is that hard? It just is. Be diversified, keep investing when you can, and then just do nothing. But it's hard. Like I've said a million times on this episode, it's just hard. So you have to go into it understanding the power of the long-term market. The market, these companies, like we talked last week, These companies are filled with people who go to work to try and make more money for themselves and for their company and to increase the popularity and the effectiveness and the the use of the products that they sell to people. And everything's always trying to get better. So over time, when you invest in the stock market over the long term, you're just betting on human ingenuity to continue to come up with services and products and things that we need to keep going. And like, that's my favorite way to think about it. So anyways, We're going to end with one last fun little statistic fact, and it's just a fun little math thing, but it's powerful. So one of the most powerful ways to have consistent and not stress-inducing investing performance over the long haul is to be diversified so that your investments do not go down as much as a not diversified investment portfolio. Because that way, whenever the market is weak and your account is down, you won't have to go up as much to get back to where you were. So. If your investments go down by 5%, you have to go back up 5.3% to get back where you started. Not too bad, right? If you go down 10%, you have to go up 11% to get back. Okay, not so bad. If you go down 20%, you have to go back up 25% to get back to where you started. Okay, it's getting a little worse, but still not that bad, 5% difference. But if you go down 50%, you then have to go up 100%, a whole 100% double. You have to double your money from that level to get back to where you started. Not to mention the anxiety that would cause. So even if you understand that, you might not have the guts to hold on for that long. And if you go down 70%, you would have to wait for a recovery of 233% to get back to even. So, well, that's just math, right? But The more you go down, the more you have to go up to get back to where you were. So what is the moral of the story? The market does what the market does. Let it do its thing while you invest and focus on things that you can control, like your saving. All right, that's it for this week. And next week, I'll wrap up the series on investing with a guide on how to get started. It's going to be a great one. So I'll see you then.